Oompa Loompa Odyssey Multi Ball. I want an Oompa Loompa now! <laughs> <laughs> Oompa Loompa oh, Jack! Well, those were the sounds of Willy Wonka pinball being enjoyed by a homeowner before the 4th of July, which is which is great. It's great news that Jersey Jack has games in people's homes. Uh, we're going to talk to the man whose voice you heard laughing with enjoyment when he got to the Oompa Loompa Odyssey mode of Willy Wonka. Uh, no other then listener of the show, Derek. You know Derek. He's the big Pirates of the Caribbean fan, uh, but he has been streaming Willy Wonka. So we're going to talk to him about what owning a Willy Wonka has been like uh, because it's boring to speculate. It's more fun to hear from people who are actually enjoying the game and what their opinions are. So you're going to hear about 30-minute discussion with Derek in a little bit. Uh, before I do that, I want to read some of your feedback. I've been a little delinquent in uh, reading your emails to the show. So let's do that as a little way to catch up and get to where we are today. So it's July 5th. I hope everyone had a great 4th of July and you went outside and played absolutely no pinball. So let's start off. Let's see. I'm pulling up my emails right now. Uh, this email is from Michael Peterson. And the subject line is disappointment. He says, Kaneda, I got to say, I agree with you regarding the fact that pinball is still lacking in innovation. Where is the innovation? 90s Bally Williams, DMDs, and System 11s at least had creativity and interesting mechs. It's disappointing that prices continue to rise, yet we still get little to no innovation. I feel like JJP is our only hope, but Willy Wonka still isn't what I think we need. I think we need new blood in the industry, new designers, new artists, whatever. Something has to change. I keep waiting to purchase my first new inbox pin, but nothing makes me want to pull out my credit card. Nothing. These newer machines are good, but I want great. What's so wrong with that? I feel like the creators of recent pins just lack passion. Maybe the companies aren't allowing them to make what they truly want because of the cost. But damn, I'm just disappointed. Now, I'm moving on to high hopes for Guns N' Roses. Will this be the pin that makes me want to pull out my credit card and make my first new inbox purchase? Mike Peterson. Well, Mike, look. I don't think it's fair to say that there's no innovation happening in pinball. There is plenty of stuff that is innovative and changing the game of pinball now what i think is going to happen in the next year you're going to see innovation uh, in a lot of different ways i think deep root is going to innovate the way in which pinball machines are made i think you're going to see a lot less uh, like soldering of every single wire i think you're going to see it being a lot easier to maintain a pinball machine as opposed to what we have right now because if you lift the hood on a Pirates of the Caribbean. It is incredible how difficult it is for people to work on these machines. I think we're gonna see that kind of innovation. Uh, I think, you know, it's hit or miss when it comes to mechs and pinball. We definitely are not gonna get, I think, to the complexity ever again of Bally Williams mechanisms in pinball machines because you have to remember when those things were innovated, 
they were selling 10, 15,000 pinball machines a pop, right? And they had teams of people working on these mechanisms, and then they figured out which games would make the most sense to bring that innovation. But there was always a lot of money to be made if they did it that way, and the target was not the home buyer. I think it's a lot harder for these companies to invest in complex mechanisms uh, unless they know they have a surefire hit. But what's happening, right? We're running out of themes a little bit. We're running out of uh, the ability to have high profit margins uh, if all the money has to go to the theme and then they cut back on the mech innovation in a game. But here's the other thing I'll just say, and then I'll move on to the next email I got. Pinball's growing. Pin, you know, you could argue like, well, we don't have this, we don't have that, but why is the market growing? Why are more and more people getting into pinball? And if you want some of those Bally Williams error complex mechs, hey, those games are available now for not too much money. All right, I got an email from Jeff S. He says, episode 363 Wonka. Really enjoyed hearing you read email from your master, but where's the master voice? The master nailed it when he described why the mechanical toys on Wonka don't fit the theme and aren't appropriate. His examples of what the toys should have been made me hard. Wonka has major flaws that I can't unsee, so I'll enjoy playing it on location but pass on buying one. Well, Jeff S., uh, I understand why you feel that way. I completely see where my master was coming from. The mechanisms in Willy Wonka, they are not a direct like reflection of what's happening in the movie itself. In fact, I think, I, 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 again, I keep trying to look at this game a little bit with fresh eyes that this game is not a one-to-one -one translation of the movie we all love. It's not. You're not the mechanisms are not one-to-one -one translations of the iconic scenes in the film. It does feel more like Willy Wonka pinball inspired by the movie that still has a lot of the elements of the movie, but when it comes to the mechanical and the way the code is sort of coming to life, no, it's not. It, it, there's like, And the Wonkavator is like the greatest thing to point out. It's like what, the Wonkavator is an elevator that shoots through the glass roof of the chocolate factory. Okay, so balls just being shot up into a ball lock. Does that feel like the Wonkavator? I mean, the Wonkavator is not even moving. You know, the fact that the, the mech doesn't even move is just sort of like a missed opportunity. But again, I mean, I feel like you could go over this Willy Wonka machine and just be like, well, the gobstopper doesn't spin in the movie. It's a gobstopper machine. And then what else? Um, you know, Mike TV. Uh, you know, that's the closest one in which they put you on the TV itself. But, you know, as you, you'll hear when I talk to Derek, I still think that mode in which you're put onto the TV needs to have more significance and more impact. But right now, I'm not feeling it like it just sort of happens randomly throughout the game. Now, it is what it is. It is what it is. I, I, I really, you know, I can't change it. I would have done things differently, but this is the game and this is the approach they decided to take. And, you know, if it's fun and people really enjoy it, will they get over it? I think that's for everyone to figure out for themselves on this title. But, uh, you know, lots of debate around whether these mechs reflect what's happening in the movie. All right, I got an email from, let's see, Puzzle Bending. It says, Wonka. It says, Kaneda, what a disappointment. 
Just like most of modern pinball, I will never pay for these machines. It must be nice to blow your load on a 6K paperweight and it not bother you enough that you don't do it again. Wonka was obnoxious and I echo some of the other opinions floating around, so I want to rehash that stuff. Imagine if you had to purchase extra stuff for a brand new car just to get it to run properly. It's as if people do not care about money and prefer mediocrity. I don't understand the mentality. As far as you hyping the game, man, it was awesome and I was hyped too. Keep expressing your opinion and upsetting these man-children. These butthurt curmudgeons are the same folk who probably go hyping things too, pot calling the kettle black. And what the hell happened to individuality? Can you, can you people not formulate your own opinion? Do you people need pinball podcasts to hold your hand and feed you thoughts? Geez, it never ceases to amaze me how this community rolls. I don't envy your position, Chris. Have a good one, bro. Sean K. Well, Sean, thank you for the note. Um, and look, look, I mean, I think a lot of people that are saying Wonk is a disappointment haven't really played it. And you have to play it. And you have to, un- and, and you'll see when we talk to Derek. If, if you play it and you understand what's happening in the game, you may enjoy it. And that's all I'm going to say because I've stood over the machine. I've played the machine. It shoots so wonderful. And I think the game has a lot of potential to become a great pinball game. I think what people are disappointed in now uh, are the lack of assets, the integration of those assets. I think that's a huge disappointment that people just have a hard time getting over. They feel like their their childhood movie that they love so much has been butchered. And it, it has, in a way. It has. And, and, and they can get it back. They can get it back. And we're going to talk about one thing I saw that, that gives me hope that JJP can figure it out. But... But, like, I don't really care what people do with their money. You know, this industry has always made me somewhat scratch my head every time I see people run after every new Stern release and buy all these games without playing them, buying these games before the code is finalized. It's a huge gamble. It's a huge risk. And I think a lot of people out there, uh, I think most people out there, and again, I say this because I, I, I just see the way the distributors tell me what's happening. The majority of people who buy it just don't know any better. So they're not even disappointed. I think the people that are most disappointed in this hobby are the people that care too much about it. They're the ones that are always the most likely to find games underwhelming, to find them lacking in innovation, to find the code to be shallow. Again, 99% of the global planet would not find the Munster's code to be too shallow. It's just the 1% of diehards that just want more. But they want to sell machines, and Jersey Jack wants to sell Willy Wonka. So, will the game give uh, a casual player a good time, and will it give a diehard player a good time? That's the key, is finding out how to do both of those things. And we all know the greatest man at doing that is Mr. Lyman Sheets. All right, let's keep going on here. A lot of like negativity, guys. Come on, it's summertime. Get outside, you know, exercise, feel good, eat good. You'll feel good about all this pinball stuff. I guarantee it. All right, let's see. I got an email. Look, I got uh, a Patreon. Matthew, I think I said thank you for the Patreon. Matthew S., thank you so much for donating to Canada's Patreon page. 
All right. So I got an email and it says, I love this. Please don't mention my name on this because my friends, he's friends with the, uh, the, the owner of this place. So the Willy Wonka at Starport in West Virginia also has a trough error. And it was the game was off because of it. Okay. Well, look. Well, look. This is why I would never buy an early pin. I would never want the first one off the line. They'll fix it. If there's a trough error in the game, they will hear about it. Uh, they will figure out what the solve is. Uh, the, the game is it's still in, in beta testing mode. Like, you're a guinea pig if you own a Willy Wonka right now. And I thank you for that because if I, if I still get my collector's edition, uh, I will... <laughs> this is funny. Uh, I will. Um, I, I'll be happy that you guys found the errors before my machine had to inc- encounter them. I got a, So Scott changed his pledge, Scott Drager on Patreon to six dollars and sixty six cents. So six six six. Thank you, Scott, for uh, the, the <laughs> changing your subscription to the number of the devil. I, I appreciate that. Uh, okay, I got an email from Mark. Nellis and Mark says Elvira modesty art and he said Kaneda I heard you remark on your last podcast how the upcoming Elvira pinball machine might have a version of the art with her boobs covered up like you I think this is lame but this has already happened in the past both of the previous games shipped with a sticker that operators could install to cover her breast if they felt it was needed see attached photo a sticker is cheaper than having two separate trans lights. Stern is well known for taking the cheap way out um, all the, a lot of the time. Can you say lazy Catwoman edition? So if there is an Elvira cover-up option, it will most likely be something like this. And he's, there's a picture here. Oh, interesting. It's basically just uh, some lace that you can put over Elvira's cleavage in the party monsters. That's really funny. That is really, really funny. I might have to make that the image of this podcast. All right, let's see what else we got here. Guys, thanks for writing in. All right, so Neil Shelton over at PinQuest gave me a nice Patreon uh, donation and said, congratulations, your show now has an official sponsor. So apparently, Canada's Pinball Podcast has officially got its first sponsor ever. After three years, 366 episodes, being voted the number one pinball podcast in the world two years in a row, I finally have a sponsor. Thank you so much, Neil, at PinQuest. Uh, I don't know what to say now, right? I'm supposed to say some glowing remarks of my sponsors, but you know I will never be in anyone's back pocket. So just check out PinQuest. I guess, you know, Neil, we can talk about what you want me to say uh, with my now that you're sponsoring the show. But uh, thank you so much, Neil, for the support. And for you, for you, for those guys out there, um, check out PinQuest. It's really trying to get more people to play pinball on location and give people goals uh, while they play pins on location. All right. I got an email from Dan Roth, Willy Wonka, Canada. Wow, this is a this is pretty long. I can't read all this. OK, so let me just read. A little bit of this. Dan says, as a person who has been to Vegas now more times than I've made it home to visit my mom in Ohio, uh, I have played slot machines. I've played Willy Wonka slot machine. And to be honest, Jersey Jack Pinball's Willy Wonka pinball machine is the result of having the same exact IP owner as the slot machine. And it shows bad. While playing Wonka, you just sit there listening to the horrible master of ceremonies calling out... Um, you know, fill in child's name qualified and you're half expecting it to start saying things like huge win, like those stupid internet uh, 
nagvertising games that drop three bucks on just to make the dumb slot machine ads go away. And when the jackpots start ringing out, the picture is complete. You already whisked away from a chocolate factory on your glass right to the casino floor, complete with the light show and the constant ring buzz and the never-ending, ever-constant doodly 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 and the ching 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 payout sounds that drive most casino patrons to smoke and drink. Pat Lawler did a fine job of laying the shots out, but let's face it, the gobstopper mech has got to be the most rehashed playfield toy and actually feels more like the bastard stepchild of the Theater of Magic trunk crossed with the Adams Family bookcase. And we are all just sitting in the maternity ward waiting room waiting to find out that the real father was the mech from API's Oktoberfest. And let's face it, tiny LEDs don't make something magical just by making it sparkle. Hell, fairy dust straight from Tinkerbell's butt cannot save Wonka if you ask me. Wow, Dan, I mean, this is some strident Wonka sentiment. Let me let me keep reading. The Wonkavator locking mech would have been more interesting if it sat waiting and was used to take the ball to different places of the playfield and a place to lock it. I could have moved up, it could have moved up and down and placed balls in lock locations, ejecting the balls left, right, and forward and backwards. Wonkit said it goes up, down, left, right, front, back. So why wouldn't it in the pinball machine? Seems like a missed opportunity in my book, along with an Augustus Vuk, an egg decator, the juicing room, and a big blue ball that is rolled away by Oompa Loompa Sculpt. I enjoyed the idea we ha- we have heard about the gobstopper machine could have been an endless conveyor of tiny gobstoppers, which would have been mega cool. Not having the Wonkatania somewhere actually on the playfield as a toy that navigated the Chocolate River, inexcusable. All right. Okay. So look. Uh, you know, look. I I know I know Dan, you're upset about the game. Let me let me figure. Out, okay. So I'm just gonna stop there because I, I think that. You're either gonna like this machine or you're not, and the, you could you could stand over this machine for a million years and never see the kinds of mechs that you want to see in the game. And do I think they missed an opportunity to make these mechs be more reflective of the Wonka magic in the movie? And the answer is yes, of course I do. Of course I think these mechs could have been more. Of course I think they could have, uh, you know, be uh, much more innovative in ways. Of course. But do not for a minute forget what the goal of this game was. It was to make a Jersey Jack game that would be of lower price, $7,500 for the standard, that would have stuff in it that would be reliable, and a game in which Jersey Jack could make much easier and get to people, but still maintain Jersey Jack pinball's advantage when it comes to giving you more in a pinball machine. Now, I'm I'm here to tell you this. If you stand over a Black Knight Premium and stand over a Willy Wonka Standard Edition, okay, or really Willy Wonka Standard Edition versus almost any Bat, uh, sorry, sorry, Stern Premium, you can't tell me that you're not getting more for your money now with the Jersey Jack game. And I, I, Jack just needed that. I, part of part of me just w- realizes this Jersey Jack pinball would not be around if they kept doing business as usual business as usual was driving that company out of business okay 
They were doing things incorrectly. They couldn't get games on the line fast enough. The line sat down for a very long time waiting for Pirates of the Caribbean parts and having, having issues with that game. People had to wait a year for Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, Wizard of Oz came out seven years ago. Dialed in didn't have that much demand. I mean, they still have dialed in Ellie's inboxes at Jersey Jack. The game was not a hit. It was not for all them for all of what they put into that game. Imagine if you know this is where Jersey Jack made big mistakes. Pat Lawler's comeback game, the game where he should have put everything in the kitchen sink into it. It should never have been allowed to have been dialed in. All that effort, all those years making dialed in should have been applied to making Toy Story and you would have sold 5,000 of them. And that's the issue. But now here we are. You know, I think Jersey Jack is learning from those past mistakes and just needs to make a game that's more reliable, that he can get out the line, that has enough magic in it to get people to buy it. And when I say enough magic in it, I do mean it's more for uh, the, the more casual pinball buyer. It's not the person that's going to be the diehard crazy fanatic. Because here's what I don't get. For all you diehard crazy fanatics out there, what are you buying? Like what machines are you really into? You're buying Stern machines. You're buying them left and right. Stern is selling a ton of machines to not just the diehards but the casual players. And Jersey Jack's got to be looking at it like, what the hell are we doing wrong? We're trying harder and we're making less money. We're making less profit on each game. He needs to find a middle ground. And believe me. Willy Wonka is the middle ground. And it's not like this game has got nothing in it. I think people are misinterpreting this game. This is not a barren game like Black Knight, all right? Okay, but look, people are very, very charged about this title. And I'll tell you why, because they love the theme. You know, there's, a, there's strong opinions on Wonka because people care so much about the theme. And I think that's why people have so much to say about it. All right, let's see. What else we got here? All right, so Thomas... Batson says, The Big Lebowski. So, Canada, I'll start by saying I always enjoy the podcast. Always informative, and they have the added bonus of not turning into a pissing contest or wine fest, unlike a certain forum. Quick question, though. Do you have some genuine reason to believe we may actually see The Big Lebowski in some form again? I think there are a lot of us who are hoping against hope that this comes to fruition. But I'm not sure if it is legitimate possibility or just a gut feeling. Thank you, Thomas. Look, Thomas, I got to be honest. I don't, I don't have any, any secure information on this. I don't have any credible source. I get people whispering and saying things and saying like, oh, yeah, like people are going to eat crow for giving you crap about, you know, saying Lebowski was coming back. I don't have anything. I have nothing from Barry or Yop. All I know is this. The game is designed and ready to be made again. We have tons of pinball manufacturers that are making games that nobody wants. It seems like a it seems like a no-brainer that Davil and Nermal would go get the Big Lebowski and sell like a ton of them versus trying to get people to buy like Robin Hood or Sherlock Holmes or Oktoberfest. No-brainer. No-brainer. Go get the game. Anyone who's got pinball manufacturing capabilities should be all over this game. The problem is Barry and Yop just seem like stubborn fools who don't want to give up their dream. Remember when ARA offered to buy 51% of the company and they were like, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah, how does that sound now, Barry and Yop, like years later? I think it's been like three years since they first started lying to us about the, the, the board chip problem that was all a lie. I just think the game is great. I think the game deserves to be made again. And I think all these companies that have the, the ability to make it should just go get it. 
It can't be that hard. They just renew the license and you've got the game. People think like renewing the license is impossible. It's actually very, very easy to renew a license. All right. Let's see. I got an email from do, 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 do. Pamela. I'm going to use that as my bumper music in a future episode. So she sent me a song uh, that was really interesting and it actually fits perfectly. So it's coming. All right. Matthew Stevens Wonka. He said, hey, I just wanted to send my, uh, let's see, my own personal Wonka story. My wife and I were at Midwest Gaming Classic and saw the reveal in person. We immediately fell in love with the machine. It was one of the best playing pins we had seen. Very fun to play and a lot of nice eye candy. We put down a deposit on an Ellie day one. We put over 40 games on it over the course of the weekend and came away feeling satisfied. Fast forward to the IE pinball stream. We decided to watch the stream because it looked like an interesting stream and included the WonkaVision screen. At MGC, things are loud, and you rarely can't hear machines that well. But given how much we loved previous JJP machines, we we never really thought much of it. But now the IE pinball stream, and the first thought was, uh, let's see, what the fresh hell is this? The voice actor for the callouts is horrible. It sounds like a guy living in a van down by the river with free candy written on the side who has been perpetually kicked in the nuts. What the hell was JJP thinking with this? It's the most unexciting and anticlimactic voice callouts ever. And then there's that horrible Oompa Loompa song. No, they didn't put the real Oompa Loompa song into it, which is catchy because of the beat and the words, but instead it's randomly firing Oompa Loompa when you hit pop bumpers, no beat, no rhythm, it's a hot mess. It And it does it in the middle of the other sounds too. It's very jarring. We canceled our pre-order and we will likely never own this game because in a home use only environment, those two things would drive me absolutely crazy. The rest of the audio can be fixed with code, putting in the actual sounds, music, voice for the video clips, and I can forgive the fact that there is no real innovation or fun toys and mechs in this game, given how smoothly it shoots. But I cannot see JJP recording a new voice actor for the callouts, and that's just a swing and a miss, Matt. Well, Matt Stevens, oh man, man, if you if you like Willy Wonka, can someone email me so I can balance out these emails? Uh, I would love to have a, a little bit of a balance, and you're gonna hear the balance when you hear Derek's opinion about the game, which I'm about to air on this episode. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. There is no excuse, though, for bad voice actors in pinball machines. And I've heard the voice actor in Willy Wonka, and it's not good. I'm not going to lie. It's not good. It reminds me of how bad the voice acting was in the other game that actually, I think, got destroyed because of the lack of personality in it, and that's dialed in. And if here's here's my issue, and I've said this before. Pat Lawler is amazing at designing geometry and pinball. I do think he is horrible at designing and, and, and getting the most out of the voice acting in his games because ultimately it's his game. This is a Pat Lawler game. Pat Lawler designs, like he has his company. You know, Pat Lawler is has to oversee all of this. He has to be the entire creative director that sits over his entire game. And why is it that the two Pat Lawler games we're getting from Jersey Jack have the most piss poor voice acting work in it? Something needs to change. Jersey Jack needs to figure this stuff out because this is the easy part. 
It is so easy to get a guy in a studio and have him be much more animated and exciting and have much more personality with all the callouts and to also think about all the different whimsical kinds of callouts you can put into a game. Like I was just playing Batman yesterday with Brenda and I never played two player games for the most part because usually Brenda doesn't really care. And so we played a two player game. And when I drain, he goes, player one is flamed out. And I think it's like Adam West says that or Burt Ward. It's amazing. And you're like, well, I've never heard them like making fun of like player one, like failing. And it's just so good. And I think you need to make sure when you make a pinball game nowadays that the call outs, it's getting that right balance, uh, are fun and are loaded with personality. And especially when they're saying stuff like jackpot, like, you know, the best jackpot call out ever is still Lord of the Rings. Super jackpot. Rah, 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 right when Gimli, that was, I just sounded like, like McGruff the dog, like nothing like Gimli. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. All right. Damn, man. Damn. All these people like down on Wonka. Let's see. I got an email from Paul. Let's see. Paul BB. He says, howdy, Chris. I've been following your little podcast. Uh, since you started it, and many a time in the earlier days, I've cringed and delayed listening to more of your content. These days, however, you seem much more centered and less likely to attack people for having a different opinion than yours. I would liken it to an improved maturity. However, a person that is immature would hardly hold a position in your line of work for long. So I don't think that really applies. Your interviews, when you do get them, seem way more neutral, non-biased, and the following commentary is actually very reasonable and well-structured. I do still enjoy your snack-sized podcast, your, your, your better temperament, and the more chillaxed reaction to the pinball community. One day, I hope to make it to the States, located in Australia here, and see the real big world of pinball over there. Although I have never totally agreed with your stance on many things, I do very much appreciate you're toning down the negative, vitriol, and being more balanced commentator of this awesome hobby. More than happy to have a beer and no hard feelings if we ever met. It's, after all, only pinball. Paul. Well, Paul, thank you so much. Uh, I think maybe I've matured. I think what I am starting to realize, and I, you know, like I go back and forth. There are things that make me angry and happy within this hobby, things I love, things I can't stand. Uh, but ultimately, it's hard to just hold on to anger around something as meaningless as pinball. And I'm about to say that pinball is meaningless within the larger scheme of life. We bring meaning to it. All of us. You do. I do. The designers do. The companies do. We bring meaning to the meaningless. There, there is no reason why we need pinball in 2019, and yet we do. And yet we love it. And yet it's awesome. And yet we can't wait to see what's next. And yet we can't help our opinions about games. And we can't help sharing our opinions about the games. So without further ado, we've read a lot of people's uh, negative comments about Willy Wonka. All right, there's one thing that I want to point out. And then I'm going to air this with Derek. I saw a clip, and we're going to talk about this with Derek, in Willy Wonka Pinball. When you're when the Wonka Vader multiball is starting, we see a full screen clip of Willy Wonka, and he's talking with his voice synced up with the clip. And it is magical. It is amazing. It's, it's weird that I'm calling it magical. Like Batman's got like 5,000 clips that have that. We need more of that, Joe Katz. Are you listening, Joe Katz? We need more of that. Clearly, you have the rights to use it in the game. You need to add all of those muted scenes. 
You need to put the voices in them. No, they won't seem repetitive. We want to see that in the game. It's not repetitive when the Batman 66 scenes pop up and it's always the same clips with the same call outs. It's not repetitive. We love it because we love the Batman TV show. We love seeing the synchronization of the clips with the video in Willy Wonka. Because here's why, Joe Katz, because we love the movie. It doesn't get old. Right? It doesn't get old. In all of the iconic movies we love, it doesn't get old when we watch the scenes we love. Okay, So please, I know you're, they're not in the game because you're trying to avoid the repetition. It's okay to add repetition if it's things we love. All right, That's my final thing. Everyone, enjoy this interview with Derek. He's going to give his overview of the game. I think you'll enjoy it. I hope you guys all had a great fourth, and we'll be back real soon with more episodes of Canada's Pinball Podcast. Here's Derek. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome to the show Derek. He is one of the first people in the world to have a Willy Wonka standard edition game. Derek, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kaneda. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, had a great fourth, but you know, the whole time I was thinking, is Willy Wonka, what's it like in the home environment? Now, Derek, I know you have one, and you're a big fan of Pirates of the Caribbean. What's it been like owning Willy Wonka week one? It's been really great, actually. Um, we've been having a terrific time with it. And, I mean, you know how much I love pirates. We haven't turned pirates on since we got it, which is expected. It's honeymoon phase. It's a new pin, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I can speak to uh, – just. Cut, let me just talk about the whole unboxing experience because they've done some new things, and I want to call that out. All right, I'm going to give you three so, minutes of unboxing. That's as much as I can take. That's okay. That's fine. I won't need more than that. All right, um, I just want to call out a couple of small things. So um, the, the pin arrived and they're using a larger pallet now. So b previous JJP machines, the pallet was the same size as the box. And now there's like maybe, I don't know, eight inches or so of margin all the way around, which is really good. I think that's helping the pin defend itself on its way here in the truck. Um, secondly, when you unbox it, the bottom of the, uh, th there's a piece of plywood with padding on it and that's what the pin is resting on. And so it's like, okay, they've really taken some steps to protect this thing that they weren't doing before. And that's nice. Um, and I'll just, I'll just say that unboxing it was uneventful. You know, we took it up, you know, took it out of the box, put the legs on it, set it up, played it. It's had absolutely no issues whatsoever, which is great news. Okay. So let me get this straight. There's more padding. There's more safety engineered into the pallet. Riveting stuff, Derek. Nobody really cares. Let's talk <laughs> about the game. So okay. you have it, and, and you've, you've been streaming it. I watched your stream. You've been streaming it for hours. Uh, Joe Katz jumped in as well, which is kind of cool that the people over at JJP want to make sure your experience is a, is a good first one. So what's it like? Just just like, what, what were your first impressions? Did you Did you... Did you start out excited? Did you get more excited as you played? What's it been like? I would say I got more excited as I played. Um, initially, I found it fairly frustrating. And I should point out, my pinball skill is on the lower end of intermediate, I would say. I'm not an expert. I'm not a pro. Um, I play a lot, and that's the only way to get better, right? But uh, at first, I was a little frustrated because it was fairly drainy. Um, and I was thinking, oh, man, I don't know. we're going to talk about the drains on the left side, but keep going. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, at first it was kind of frustrating me, but 
something kind of clicked and I got to where I sort of learned what I had to defend against and learned where I needed to nudge to keep it away from the danger zones. And I really started to enjoy it at that point. It started to open up uh, most definitely, uh, you know, Joe Katz uh, giving tips on the stream was great, kind of helping guide me on what I should be doing and, you know, what the overall, you know, idea is behind the rule set. What, what is the overall idea? Because I, I asked you that. I was like, what's the purpose of this game? And do you feel like you have a good grasp on that now? I think I do. I think the purpose of this game is to collect five golden tickets to get to pure imagination. That's like the ultimate goal. And the way you achieve that goal, each golden ticket has a different way to get it. There's one that you get by doing the Wonkavator multiball. There's one that you get from, uh, I believe there's one in the Gobstopper multiball. I'm going to pull up the flow chart to look. Um, okay, but then so, the, there's the kids, okay? Okay, so... Go ahead. Go, no, go, no, keep going, because I cut you off. Sorry, I want to... So you have to get five golden tickets, and the five ways are Wonkavator. Okay, I've got, I've got the flow chart now, so I can speak to this better. Uh, Gobstopper multiball is one way. Kid multiball is one way. Completing all the factory tour modes is a way. The Wonkavator multiball is a way. And then there's one in the gumball machine. And this one is kind of vague, According to the flowchart, it just says earn gumballs via gameplay achievements. And so I don't know what that means yet. So There's are definitely there only still mystery I'm unlocking on this game. Are, are there only five ways to get the five golden tickets or are there more than five ways? Well, um, it looks like there's five ways. Just eyeballing the flowchart here of the rules. Okay. Now, how many but golden tickets? there's a tickets, lot of you know, intricacies many... inside each one of those. How many golden the kid tickets one. have you have you been able to achieve so far? Uh, one. Okay, so let's talk about when we were watching the stream, and it, and it was fun to watch it. It was fun to see flipping out pinball play the game. Uh, the left drain seems pretty brutal, right? And let's talk about that because I think this game is it's a game where you're you're going to want to get deep into it, but it's really hard because of that left out lane drain. Can you talk about that? Cause I know the, the JJP also gives people something to maybe put there to make it a little bit easier. Talk about that area of the play field. Cause I, I, I do think a lot of people are looking at that being like, Oh man, it's brutal. Sure. Is it brutal? Sure. So on unboxing day, you know, my two buddies came over to help, you know, I basically just let them loose on the machine while I picked up all the, the mess from the, packing materials and stuff and just let them do their thing. And when I finished all that and came back upstairs, they're like, dude, put the left post in, please. This is killing us. I'm like, okay. So I put it in, um, they give you a post and they give you a rubber to put on it. And there's a little, you know, threaded hole right by the left lane. And so I put it in and I put the rubber on it I'm like, okay. And we immediately found that when we did that, there's not enough space for the ball to go down the mid lane. It sticks because of the two rubbers. I'm like, all right, take the rubber off. Wait, and with the rubber off, for, the post Derek, didn't Derek, really Derek, help. Derek, 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 stop for a second. They gave you something to put in a game that doesn't work. No, no. I mean, it doesn't work. We don't have a manual yet. I mean, well, there's two. Okay, there's two holes by that left drain line, and the open one is the one that I used. There's a little black plastic plug in the other that's higher up. Right. Probably the higher up one would work, but I haven't tried to pry out that plastic plug yet to oh, do okay. it. And honestly, what I did the next day, like. The Tuesday night, I just let those guys roll with it and play it as much as they wanted to. Uh, one of the, one of those guys has a CE on order, and so he really wanted to, you know, explore the game deeply, and I just let them roll. I really didn't play it for reals until Wednesday morning. So um, when I w decided to play it, I decided to pull the post back out. I didn't feel like it was helping, and um, 
I wanted to try and get good as at the game as it was shipped and just see how bad is it? Can I, you know, can I live with it without it? And so far I've been playing without it. And Susan has too. She actually has the grand champion right now, 1.6 million without the post in there. Okay. So, so there is a learning curve, right? All right. So it seems like that left out lane, it almost looks like it's designed like an orbit, like anything heading towards there is going to go into the out lane. Is it, is it really hard to save Derek when a ball is heading towards the, that left out lane? Well, the thing that I've found, and this may be just like a general pinball skill thing, honestly, is that anytime the ball is headed down towards the sling area at all, I want to nudge and get it out of there. You know, just vertically nudge. Right. And getting better at that has made the drains, you know, tolerable. Okay. Let's let's talk about you know, there's been a lot of discussion. The main thing people are talking about, and I have to ask about this, is the theme integration. And when we talk about the assets and the way they're used in the game, what are your feelings when you play the game? Do you feel immersed in the Willy Wonka movie that we all love, or do you feel like it could use a little bit more integration? So about that, my initial impression was, man, this is all over the place because I was hearing all these different call outs from all these different characters and different scenes in the movie, and I didn't really get what was going on. After I started understanding the rules and understanding the way that you complete each character and all that, everything sort of, sort of made more sense. So when you're making progress against Augustus Gloop, for example, you know, that's generally the spinner is the, the main thing you do to progress against him. So every time you hit the spinner, you're going to hear Wonka saying things about the pressure's increasing or you might hear, you know, Augustus, you know, save some room for later, stuff like that. And so once you understand that, it's like, oh, okay. These are telling me progress against each individual kid goal. And that made it make way more sense to me. Is his face on the spinners? Uh, he is the, the scene from the little garden where he's like squatted down. And he's just kind of pigging out on one of those little flower things. That's what's on the spinner. Okay. Okay. So, and is it clear when you're playing the game, each character's shot is it is it pretty intuitive or do you really need to sort of study the manual or the map of gameplay it becomes intuitive so <laughs> on the main lcd screen there's a pipe on the left that has the five kids right there's a colored pipe from each kid leading to a sign that tells you what to do does become so Augustus isn't but Derek, isn't become intuitive and a little bit of an oxymoron? But anyway, I joke, I kid. But okay, so <laughs> once you get it, it then becomes pretty easy to understand. But I would say when you first walk up to it, it's not as simple as just like, you know, green shots are the Riddler, purple shots are the Joker kind of thing. No, they, that's actually exactly how it is. Oh, um, really? Okay. What I was getting to is that, yeah, there's five colors for the kids and there's colored pipes for the kids. And then there's lit shots in those colors on the play field. Uh, okay. So okay. red is Augustus Gloop. You know, um, I think Cyan is uh, Mike TV, et cetera. Okay. Which great, because I think there's that helps people understand more of, of what to do in the game. And so... You want to collect five golden tickets to get the pure imagination. Now, now, Derek, do you think getting five golden tickets with the difficulty level of the game, because it is a difficult game, this is a short ball time game, do you think they might need to figure out a way to make that more obtainable, or do you think it's just like a reason to get better at playing it and that every once in a blue moon will reach that sort of wizard mode? So 
when I buy pens, I want to buy one that's going to keep me interested for a long time. And I don't want to master it in a week because I'll lose interest and then I'm going to want to get rid of it. So I think the difficulty level is probably good. Okay. Um, I, I, you know, if I, I would say that when I can get two golden tickets in one game, that's an achievement in itself. And then maybe I'll try to get three. And I mean, it's, it's going to take months before, you know, I would ever get to all five of these. So that's good for me. That means I'm going to get long-term value. What's your favorite shot in the game right now? Favorite shot in the game. Um, I would say alternating between the two ramps is very fun and very flowy. It, um, you know, you, there's a lot of reasons to do that. One is to collect Wonka bars. One is to boost the, um, uh, it boosts the uh, multiplier on the captive ball shot. And, uh, you can also collect your candy canes that way, which fills up your candy jar. And so all, you know, it's, that's uh, really fun to just do that back and forth and back and forth. All right, let's talk about Wonka Vision. Right, that was one of the coolest things Jack showed me when when he talked to me about it with Brenda when we went to JJP. He was like, "It's gonna put you on Wonka Vision," and I I was like, "That's one of the coolest things ever." I I saw when you were playing Derek, your face was you know materializing onto Wonka Vision. Do they make it a moment though in the game? I mean, I feel like that's a really cool feature, but it just seems to keep happening randomly. What do you what's it like when you're playing? Well, I don't know what kicks that off yet. And so it's to me random as well, just because I don't understand yet what the initiating factor is. The main thing that I feel when I see my face going down to the Wonka vision is like, crap, I'm all focused on the game and I look really, you know, uh, serious. And I wish that I had, you know, smiled for that. So it looks a little like I'm happy to be in the Wonka vision. So that's, that's what I'm saying is I don't, I hope they code it eventually. And I hope Joe Katz is listening to this where it says, you know, when the ball's maybe being held somewhere, it says, smile, we're about to put you on Wonka vision. And you know, it, it needs to have more of a moment where everyone who's playing and the people crowding around the machine, like your friends can all giggle and laugh at it, you know, kind of like selfie mode in dialed in. Cause you, you know, there's multiple selfies being taken. So I hope they do that because I think it'd be a missed opportunity to just have it be this like random thing that you can't enjoy. Yeah, I agree. That'd be terrific. Just some call out so I know it's about to happen and then I can just kind of prep for it. Right. Just smile at least. Yeah. Do you do you like the Wonka Vision size? I know people have been debating whether or not they think it's too big. I love the size of it. I actually enjoy it because it becomes its own sort of like it almost feels like an upper playfield area, that area of the game. And I think the big screen just makes it much more easy to read what you're doing. Yeah, I like it. I don't have any issues with it at all. And I like the way that it's all cheesy 70s future-ish looking, you know, all glitter and stuff. Right. The other big controversy, we have to talk about it, and you've owned it now for a day, is the sound of the game. Right. So um, I watched a lot of streams on this game before I got it. And my main concern was, man, I think this music is going to drive me nuts. And this is where actually playing the game and standing over it is a different experience than watching it on stream. I found the music is great. It doesn't, you know, I thought it would be repetitive. It's not bothering me at all. It just kind of fades in the background as you're playing. And so the soundscape is pretty good for me. I, um, does the music, change? I don't have any though? complaints. Does it change when you get yes. into different modes? Yes, it does. For example, if you're in the Veruca salt mode and you're in the, the good egg bag room, it's playing an instrumental version of the, I want it now song. Okay. Now I saw some you 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 on your stream Derek you shared two things that I thought were magical and and gave a lot of people like 
hope that, you know, this game's going to do some really cool stuff. One was the Oompa Loompa mode. Talk to us about what happens in the game when, when you get to the Oompa Loompa. I forget what the name of the whole multiball is. Sure. That's called Oompa Loompa Odyssey. And the way you get that is you get a golden ticket and then there is a shot near the, there's two shots on the TV, the left shot on the TV. One of the inserts has a little piece of hair on it and it's an Oompa Loompa hair piece. So you make that shot and it gives you Oompa Loompa Odyssey. This was like one of those pinball magical moments. The whole screen flips around backwards. Like, okay, if you, if you look at the LCD, you see like Oompa Loompa's working in the background in that little center area, right? So mm-hmm. when this mode kicks off, the screen flips around and it shows like what the Oompa Loompas are doing back there. And it shows you peering in at them using the camera. So you're seeing what they see when you're playing the game. That was just a brilliant moment that just made me laugh. And I thought it was great. Right. It's that was like, re- it's that really was like the cool. moment where I'm like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was the moment where I'm like, yes, I'm definitely uh, in on the CE still. I love it. Like one. Yeah, that's. I have to agree when you see stuff like that, it really feels like the creativity level is like through the roof. I mean, no one was expecting that. And I think that's what we want in all new pinball experiences is just something unexpected to happen that just makes you smile. So the other thing I saw, Derek, which to me is the most exciting thing because it gives me hope that the one thing that is glaringly missing from this game can be put into the game. Do you know what I'm about to say? You're probably going to say video clips with audio. Yes. And it happens perfectly only once in the game, but it's perfect. Do you know which moment it is? You're talking about the Wonka Vader multiball. Yes. Why is it when that thing, when Willie's inside the Wonka Vader, we see the video of him and the audio of him together synchronize as, as it starts? It's awesome. It is awesome. And another thing about that particular gameplay moment you know, I added a shaker motor to this machine. And so as the Wonka Vader is getting ready to take off, the shaker is like building an intensity. It starts really low and it gets to where it's really shaking hard. And then the, the Wonka Vader launches, uh, which is also just great. Now, perfect integration. Now, look, do you think this means that they can finally put in all that audio and all those great scenes where like Veruca Salt's like, I want it now. You see her with her dad. You don't hear her. They need to put that stuff in if they have the rights to do it. What do you think? Well, it's anyone's guess uh, what the licensing situation is there. I sure don't know. I mean, they have um, to... I, I'd love to see it. But that's that's why the Wonkavator gives me hope. They, they didn't just buy the rights for that one scene. You, you either get the rights to use them or you don't. There's no like you, you can't buy scene for scene, scene for scene. So I hope they put it in. I, I, I hope Joe listens to this. I hope Jack listens to this because... I will say this. If they have that in there, they're going to sell a thousand more games. It's just, I, I just think that's how it's going to roll if, if, it's, if it doesn't make it in. Now, here's the big thing. You are in on a collector's edition, right, Derek? Yes. Okay. Are you still in on a collector's edition? Absolutely. What are you going to do For with sure. your standard edition? And that's, I'll sell it. Okay. I mean, that's, so here's why I got the standard edition. Two reasons. One, I didn't want to wait. You know, your your point a couple podcasts back that first class ticket buyers get on the plane first. I agree. Um, I'm the kind of person who wants to have the thing on launch day, whether it's a game console or an iPhone or whatever. So call it a personal failing. But that's that's kind of how I roll on this stuff. So that was reason number one. I wanted it now, like Veruca Salt. Right. Reason number two, I wasn't really sure on the game. 
and I'm like, maybe I only want a CE and that's good enough. Or, you know, maybe I don't want either one, you know? So, uh, and obviously now after playing it, it's terrific. They've done a terrific job. It's very fun. And so I'm definitely still in. How does it compare to, to pirates with for you? Do you feel like they complement each other? I do. Um, that was actually a concern for me because, I mean, you're always ripping on me for being a Pirates fanboy, and you're right. I love that game. Eric did a terrific job, and I think that you know everyone who owns one would agree. Um, the thing about Pirates is it's kind of sucked all the air out of the room for other pinball machines for me. You know, when I go out on location with my pinball buddies, I'm just like, eh, I'd rather be playing Pirates at home. And so my main concern was, is this game going to be as good? And I'm finding so far, yes. And it's complimentary. It's not the same type of game where you, you have these different characters and each character is going to change the way you attack the game and change the experience. It's, um, it's different in that respect. And it's, it's more flowy than Pirates because of the, the combos, but, you know, from upper flipper to left ramp to right ramp and swooping back and forth. It's a very different feel. And I enjoy having the different experience. Probably not going to break as much either. Well, you know, um, <laughs> it's certainly been good out of the box. Oh, pirates! I, I you know, I love. I, I, if you're trying to get me to rip on pirates, it's not going to happen. I, I love the game. And, I just like. I just know. wish like there a week could go by without someone having to fix something. But it, you know, it sounds like when it's running, it's it's the greatest of all time. Uh, okay, so any other the artwork? What do you think about the artwork and the light show? Let's talk about that. Is I know it's it's dark. Tell us about how dark it is in a dark room. Uh, I didn't find it to be that dark, although it's interesting you mentioned that because Susan was playing last night and it's the first time she's played without it being on the stream. And when the stream is on, I've got a big light over it, lighting up the play field. And she pointed out that without that light on, she can't see what's going on up near the Wonka vision. And so I found that an interesting observation. But to your, okay, to your question about the artwork, I think that the play field artwork is beautiful. It's super colorful. It looks terrific. A plus plus. No complaints. Right. Um, cabinet artwork. You know, there's been some controversy about the standard car artwork. People saying, oh, it's just the logo, blah, blah, blah. It looks pretty nice. Um, yeah. The decals are so glossy, they almost look like radcals. Yeah, and so I mean, I'm like, yeah, for a standard game, yeah. this is great. I got to disagree with you there, though, my friend, because there's... There, you think about all the amazing art you could put on that cabinet. I mean, come on. They, that's like... That's as mailed in as I've ever seen a pinball cabinet in the last eight years of following pinball. Maybe maybe that's a lie. Maybe it's been six years of following the hobby or five. But come on. It's just it's just the logo. Well, it looks a little better in person. <laughs> now, I, I realize that the, the letter H is probably concerning you. But yeah. aside from that. No, I'm going I'm <laughs> to demand that only Jack make me a, a special H version of the game where my H is corrected. Um Let's talk about these tiny little magnets that everyone is sort of trying to figure out. Do they do they even work? I just I can't for the life of me see how these things are functioning. Did you notice any of the magnets working underneath those like cluster of lights? Yes, a couple of times. Uh, and I don't know enough yet about the game to understand what makes it happen. But I have seen a couple of times where it's like, whoa, did you see that? It kind of takes a weird turn. So right. they do stuff. Okay, so maybe the stuff when it when we talk about you know coding is to come, and this is where the polish of the game will take place. We might see some more synchronization of voice and clips. Maybe those magnets will uh, come to life a little bit more. I guess you know, Derek, what what is interesting is 
you're starting to learn this game. And I, I think for people who are watching the streams, uh, they're starting to get a better feel for it. But ultimately, would you say you have to play this game to truly appreciate it? No question. And and you made that point yourself. When you saw it, you're like, when you stand over this machine, you're going to have a different experience than what you're seeing on the stream. And I think that's absolutely true. Um, there's something to be said for appreciating the interplay between the colored lights and the artwork right there in front of you in three dimensions. I mean, it really is a beautiful machine. Okay, so let's. how do you think this is going to go down in terms of sales for Jersey Jack? Do you think this can compete with Waz, which is the top seller, then I think the next best seller is, I think, Hobbit, then dialed in. What do you think? This is going to be a sales hit for JJP? I think it really is. Uh, the theme has really broad appeal. And so far, you know, I've had you know a couple people over to play it. Everybody seems super engaged by it. Uh, I, I see no reason why this thing isn't going to blow the doors off sales. How does it make your, you have a Star Wars Pro, right? Yeah, How <laughs> that's does been it banished feel next to downstairs to, to make room for this. I mean, and we didn't talk about one major thing, right? Is that Jersey Jack Willy Wonka is only $7,500. Right. I mean, this is so, the first time ever we've had a new JJP game be as the same price as a Stern Premium. Right. <clears throat> that's a me, huge, I think that's, I think that's going to make a huge <laughs> dent in the marketplace, uh, as people cross shop against Stern machines. No, I would agree. Um, compared to my Star Wars Pro, Star Wars is is a lot more bare than this. I feel like you're getting a lot of game for that seventy five hundred dollars here, and you're getting a Jersey Jack level experience with, you know, the richer toys and you know just the craft and love they put in these things is obvious. Right. Right. Yeah, I just wish Pat Lawler would have put better artwork on the cabinet. I, I, it's the only thing. Because what kills me about that is, is Derek, is that's, that's, that's free to do. Like, that doesn't cost them anything. It's so weird. And you know why they did it? This is the truth, is that from back in the day, Pat, that's all Pat thought games needed. He didn't care about cabinet art. It's weird. Or maybe they just wanted to give incentives to buy up to the higher versions for people who care about the art. Okay, but I mean, on location, who cares? Yeah, but look what Stern does. All three are stellar. Yeah, make the collector's edition the best. Make the premium, you know, a little bit less than the CE, and then. But you can make them all amazing. Like, imagine if Zombie Yeti did an art package for Stern, and like the pro model is just like the logo. People would freaking never touch it. Anyway, they did it. It's not too well, late. It is too late. It's not. <laughs> uh, any other final thoughts, Derek? I know you got to go in a little bit, but what do you, you know, if, if people are listening to the show, um, considering Willy Wonka, just, you know, want to give you the floor to give any final thoughts on the game. Well, um, I'd say try and find one to play nearby. Um, I, I was looking on Pinball Map last night, and they're starting to show up places. Uh, any pinheads in the Dallas area, hit me up. You can come over and hang out and check it out. Okay. It's um it's really good. I'm very happy with it. Well, there you go. I mean, we're happy that you're happy. Uh I I I think you've changed my mind on on the game. And by that I mean I was still in on my collector's edition, but now I feel more excited and seeing some of the stuff that you revealed on the stream has me hopeful that Joe Katz and team over there will listen to some of the early feedback on getting more of that game in or the theme integrated into the experience. Cause that, that's all I'm looking for. Cause I love the way it shoots. So Derek, thank you for taking your time. 
Hopefully you had a good fourth and uh, enjoy your long weekend. Thanks a lot. All right. We'll talk to you soon, brother. See you later. I know what you're thinking. Rock is lit.